Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary?
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. As most of you all know, this is Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and that is our theme song, because I do. I want to tell everyone that told me, no, all of my life, thank you. Thank you for not having any faith in me, because I'm going to tell you what, that only made me more stubborn. Those of you know that this show's been a five-year dream, and we're not even two years old yet. And because of all of you listeners and and you sponsors and the guests that keep coming back, like my guest tonight, just on this show alone, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached 95,832 listeners. Now just let that soak in a minute. We're not even two years old, and we're we're almost 100,000 listeners just on this show. When you add all the podcasts that this thing is on, which is iTunes and YouTube and TuneIn Radio and FM.com and Stitcher and Spreaker and SoundCloud and MixCloud, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, and my favorite, because it's taken me this long to get on there, iHeartRadio, we're almost to 200,000 listeners. I don't know how it happens. I just know it happens. And I I have to give all the glory to the man upstairs because apparently this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be helping others be so successful that they just fly above the stars in the sky. And I'm very grateful for that. So there's two ways to be on this show. You can be on the show or you can place an ad. Either way, you contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com and you say, I don't want to be on the show Send me your headshot, your bio, your book covers, 3MP3s if you're a musician, and I'll get you on the show. If you want to do an ad on the show, I will run the ad for one solid month, no matter how many shows I have. I will run that ad for a month from the day I get it. It can be an MP3 format, or it can be one that I read for 10 bucks a month. You cannot beat that. I'm not trying to get rich off of this. I just want you guys to succeed. So with that in mind... Our corporate sponsor is Miss Cece Chamberlain, and she has a podcast called Inside Your Life with Cece, and it's on podcast.com. It's a motivational, passionate conversation. Cece interviews people who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast. She strives to give one hope for a better day with her inspirational words. So download some and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams and for you to live your best life. This fantastic show is available on podcast.com, Inside Your Life with CC. It's also on iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere that podcasts are available. Now tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a return guest who I absolutely adore. She is one of my heroes. This woman is the epitome of an exceptional wife, mother, Christian, friend. And if more of us as women could be like her, what things we could accomplish. And we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because this has been weighing heavy on me for quite a while now. And and same thing with, with my guest. Her name is Melissa Green. She homeschools her children. 
She's a stay-at-home mom, and she's an expert at both of these wonderful occupations. She's a mother of several children. When I wrote the bio, I can't keep up with the children. There's six or seven. I can't remember. She'll tell me. But she's learned how to manage her time, her resources, and also ignore the negative remarks of others. This woman is so comfortable in what she does, she really doesn't care what other people think because it's not on her, it's on them. So join us as we learn Melissa Green's secrets. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for coming back on with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness, that is a big build-up for me. I hope I can live up to all that. <laughs> oh, honey, you already have in space. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you and I have been, we have been Facebook friends for several years now. We've never met in person, ladies and gentlemen, but I have, I have this kinship with her that, I could go and tell her anything, and I think I probably have. And not only does she have time for me with everything else this this woman does, she doesn't treat it like it's a burden for me to unload my soul, which I don't normally do because I'm just not that kind of person. But, Melissa, honey, we were talking before the show. People like to criticize you for the beautiful things that you do and I have never seen children who are so well rounded in all of my life they are taught a work ethic they are taught school knowledge they are taught respect they are taught unconditional love they are taught how to get along in the world so that they don't crawl over into a corner with a pacifier and a blanket because somebody hurt their little feelings how do you do all of that, plus everything else that you do? Oh, well, actually, it just comes down to just two things, a hope and a prayer, and that's pretty much all that I, <laughs> that I work on right there. It's uh, Every day is a, is a gift, and um, uh, every trial is a gift, too. It really, uh, you know, you have a choice. You, you either you rise to the occasion or you fall, and I've done my fair share of falling and messing up and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't wanna say, Oh, I'm perfect, I'm far from it. Uh but um you just you just get up and you just keep going. You just keep going. It's uh you fall, you have to get right back up and do it again. So um, well, the, the I have a saying is, in my house. Sorry. Go sorry. ahead. Baby. <laughs> no, go oh, ahead. I, I have a saying in my house when it comes to patience. I say in my house patience is learned every day. And sometimes every hour of every day, and sometimes every minute. So um, you just, like I said, you just got to keep going. <laughs> well, and and ladies and gentlemen, not only does Melissa have these beautiful children, but the last two you had at home, right? Or was it the last? Oh, the last three. three. I have the last three at home, so I have a total of six right now. Um, I I'm forty. I'll be forty three this month, so I don't know if there's any more in the cards, but I. I kind of hope. I'm, you know, always going to hope. <laughs> now, you, the the first three you had in a sterile hospital environment, which I absolutely hate. The last three you had at home. Yes. Talk about. I, the I hate the difference. sterile hospital too. Oh, the and difference. Yes. Um, and the intimacy. Well. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's. 
you have a closer, I would assume that one has a closer bonding with not only the new baby, but the older children are there, and and they get that instant bonding that they don't get in a hospital. Oh, yes, that definitely. Um, well, my last two were born at 4 o'clock in the morning, like sometime in the 4 o'clock hour in the morning, so there wasn't a whole lot of bonding for them to do, but the very next morning they woke up to a brand-new baby, and that was kind of exciting. Um, the the downfall of that is that um, they can get so comfortable with the birthing. You know, I think the first time it was pretty scary for them because, let's face it, it hurts. Okay, and so there's a little bit of screaming and a little bit of moaning to be had, um, especially when you have them at home. There's not a lot of uh, – you, you don't have an epidural, okay, <laughs> so you feel it all. Um, and so I, I – even though it was my, my fourth pre, uh, birth, it's the first one that I ever went through that I felt all of it. Um, and so it was a it was a different sensation. So I think that was a little bit scary for them, um, but uh, they took it really good. We talked about it. Um, you know, we I didn't try to hide any of it from them. Um, you know, I it, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm like this is this is what it is. You know, um, well, by the time we got to the third, oh yes, yeah, sorry. By the time uh, you oh, got to the third uh, one, they knew what was going to happen. Right, and then also the first one I had at ten o'clock in the morning, so they were up. Um, you know, and I had been in labor for a couple of hours. The the last two, I was only in labor uh, with the fifth one for maybe two hours, and then the uh, the third one, I, it was it was like an hour and fifteen minutes from start to finish. I mean, it was it was crazy, and um, uh, so there was a little bit of screaming, but not enough to really wake anybody up. And then uh, the the only downfall is is that you know they got so comfortable with the with the process of birthing. Uh, that uh, when I when I had the sixth one, uh, we woke up in the morning. They said hi to the baby. It was fun. It was like a you know it was a little bit like Christmas. And then a couple hours later, they were they were just back to doing what they were doing. And I'm like, no no no, no, this is a big deal. We're going to take the day off. <laughs> so uh, you know, you get so comfortable with it that uh you know it's it's uh you have to remind them no no I I can't I can't I I yeah, I just pushed a person out of my body I'm gonna sit down for today that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> the, the the whole point that was the point that I was trying to make is to them it it was a normal way of life for y'all it, yes. it was not a shock to the system once they got into the routine of understanding okay, mommy's going to have this baby. There may be a little moaning and groaning because it hurts a little bit, but we're okay with that. We'll just sleep through it. In the morning we'll have a baby, and then we'll get on with life. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's a big deal. Exactly. Right, and then, right. And that's one thing about having them at home is that you do get on with your – well, I don't know. I, I imagine it's you know it's different for every woman. It depends on the pregnancy. It depends on the delivery. Uh, it depends on the recovery. Um, mine, I just do so much better at home. It, it's faster. There's there's a lot less complications, surprisingly, than there was in the hospital. And um, uh, you know, within a couple of days, I'm up and walking. Now, this last one was my biggest. It was nine pounds. He was nine pounds two ounces. No, I did not have gestational diabetes. I just had a really good care for my midwife, and um, I was healthier during that pregnancy. That baby was healthier. He's still healthier. I didn't think I could birth a nine pound two two ounce baby. Um, and so, but because he was so big, it was a little like being in a car accident for a couple of weeks. So I did have to take it a lot slower than I did with the last two. Um, but still, all in all, I did recover a lot better just by being at home. And that's not true for everybody. Um, some people, they really do need to be in the hospital. But 
in my case, it seems like I, I really do better when I have less intervention. It seems like the intervention is what, um, you know, really, really slows down my delivery and my, and my recovery time. And for the baby, too. They're, they were very lethargic in the hospital. Um, and then in, at home, they're, you know, they're bright-eyed. They're ready to nurse right off the bat. They're, you know, they're ready to be part of the family. They're not, you know, there's no concerns. They're, they're like a normal baby. So. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what you just said um, let me run this ad, a couple of ads right quick, because I want to talk oh, sure. about being at home versus the hospital, and I will, and I'll tell you why when we get back. So hang on, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Our <coughs> horse is your new best friend. <coughs> Do your nicest shoes get buried knee deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. One. And Ramona, the lovable narcissist from the Women's Cave Podcast, inviting you to join us in person or streaming at the Inspirational Women in Literature Conference on March 17th. Get tickets to the conference, buy our books, or watch the TV show Just Right in Life at andwethought.com or thewomenscave.com. So peace and love from Ramona and Jade. And we are back with exceptional homeschooler and wonderful stay-at-home mom, my hero, Melissa Green. And we're discussing having babies at home versus having babies in the hospital. And I agree with you, Melissa, that when one is in the hospital, that is no place to be sick or having babies because, number one, you rested easier at home because you could sleep without being awakened every five minutes. The baby oh, rested definitely. easier because it was in its own environment. It wasn't in a sterile environment with people coming in and out and popping blood vessels and all the stuff they do. And I do right. believe your recovery time was faster. I, I do. Now, um, like I said, it depends on each each person. You know, every every woman's different. What she needs is different, especially in the birthing thing. I'll, I'll never be one of those people who say, "Oh, you should have to have your babies at home," because you know, if that's not where you feel safe, that's that's not where you need to be. Um, and there's a lot of women who don't feel safe at home, and that's okay. Um, in those cases, I am really glad that we have hospitals. Um, for me, I actually felt uh, more fearful in a hospital. Um, and besides that, if you think about it, that's that's where we keep our sick. <laughs> so for me, I, it was it was really hard. And then for whatever reason, they wanted to keep me for three days, and it was really hard for me. You know, I was getting kind of itchy and starting to plan my escape after a while. I'm thinking, well, what do I have to do to get out of here? <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, I ended up getting caught there just because of paperwork, and so that was yep. that was really hard. But there are there are some women who, um, you know, they they rest in the hospital, and I, you know, me, I, it wasn't like that for me. It was it was I couldn't wait to get home so I could rest. I I'm more comfortable with my children and my husband in my own space. Um, I, I so it was a lot easier to get home. That 
time I had major surgery and had a hysterectomy because I had the tumor, a tumor the size of a grapefruit, he said, Yvonne, you'll be in here a week. I said, want to bet? I said, when's surgery? <laughs> this Tuesday. I said, I'm out of here on Thursday. He said, what? I said, you watch. I'm out of here on Thursday. Do not give me any pain pills. I'm out of here on Thursday. I was out of oh, there on yeah. Thursday. Took no pain medication. Yeah, yeah. And I was cut from stem to stern. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's tough. I uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I don't I don't really like being in the hospital. I it's it's a little too. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not very good at being in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it's too confining. <laughs> it I don't is. I don't know where anything. Right. Yeah. I don't know where anything is. They wake you up every couple of hours. They you know it's um yeah I just don't really like it. It's not it's not my preferred place to be. No, there's no place for sick people. No, no, I am. Yeah, it is tough. I I mean, if you have to be there, you have to be there, but I just don't want to be there a minute longer than I have to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to talk about something you posted the other day. Actually, it's two somethings you posted the other day. Actually, it's three somethings that that we talked about before the show. The, The first thing I want to talk about is you posted something about um, Keith. Let me see if I can remember the article where it has been proven that when women have abortions and the babies are born alive, they keep those babies alive long enough to harvest the body parts. Oh yeah, that was the findings on that one article. I I can't. I just posted it because I, you know, I well, that's what I do. I post things that are interesting to me, and I didn't really have a lot of time to really look into it and make sure that it was it was true or not. But I have been hearing that, and that's um, that's just that's horrible. Well, it, it's, it's, it is horrible. Yeah. Because yeah. the 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 argument that I would come back with for these um, pro-abortion people is okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're telling me that this multi-cell that is in your body is not alive but yet when that baby is born alive they keep it alive to harvest the body parts what is wrong with that picture it's either a live baby or it isn't if it's not a live baby why do you have to keep it alive to harvest the body parts right right it's um I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very pro-life. I mean, it's, um, it's not a secret. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm probably, you know, I've, I mean, you save the baby. The only, the only reason that you would do, uh, that you would have an abortion is, in my eyes, is that, you know, ideally is, uh, you know, because it's triage and you, you can't save them both. And you're on the table, and you're, you're fighting to keep both of them alive, and one's just losing the battle. And then you, you just go, well, I, I can't save that one. Um, that that to me is um, giving dignity to both people because you're fighting for both of them. Um, right. I, I know some other people don't don't believe that. That's okay. There's plenty of room to talk about that. Uh, but that that is generally where I tend to stand um, uh, as as far as that. And then when you start talking about, um, you know, when is it okay to have an abortion, you start to realize uh, there is no concrete answer because it doesn't come down to whether whether that baby is a human or not. I mean, you know, hey, look, Princeton University put it out. You know, it's in every it's in every biological book that we you know that we teach our kids. The beginning of a human being is at conception. It's not about that. We're all agreed on that. There's just some people who don't realize that we're agreed on it. Where the science is concerned, we know we know we're human beings at conception. 
The, what we don't um, agree on is personhood. When does, a, when does a human being get to be a person? And that, when you start talking about that, some people are really scary on that. They're, they're for fourth, uh, fourth trimester abortions and, and what have you like that. And so um, that's, that's really what the discussion is, and we tend to lose focus on that, and we try to focus on things that really aren't part of the discussion at all. And, um, and that's, what I think, where we always get hung up on. And I, and I agree. And, and that solidifies the question in my mind of if it's if you're saying the person that it's a person and you're keeping it alive to harvest the body parts, but it's right. not a person until after it's aborted. To me, that's kind of an oxymoron. Right. Right. You can't have it both ways. No, I I don't think you can either. And I I think the problem is we tend to look at, you know, these babies like they're like their self. And it's just a heart and it's just a, you know, they tend to compartmentalize, you know, they don't, they don't seem to see that, you know, there's more to that. And, and I always point out that, Hey, listen, (laughs) under a microscope, we all look like self. I mean, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) (laughs) We do. And, and on on a, on a, on the other end of that spectrum, and and I'm going I'm going to wade into deep waters here because I feel very strongly about it because it, it will tie into the other conversation that we had before the show. When women say it's my right, well, okay, while it might be your right, your right stops where that other life's rights begin. What about? That little defenseless baby's rights. Who's going to be its voice? Yeah. Who's going to protect it? Right, right. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm part, part of being part of the homeschool community. You have a lot of people trying to talk for the good of our children. Who's going to be the voice of our children? Who's going to be the voice of our children? And um, that's that's the frustrating part because you hear a lot of these people. I, I've had so many people tell me, "Well, who's going to watch after your children if not for the state?" You know, I'm thinking, "Well, I am." And then you get back to these same people who will who will argue that you know every child's life is you know is precious, so we need to make sure they have an education. Are the first to tell you that you know that baby in the womb doesn't have any rights, and so it doesn't really matter. You know, the, it, it's it's really I don't I don't know how to explain it except to say that pregnancy is not like any other situation. It's it's a place where there are two people who are there's one inside of another, and it's it's a unique situation. It's it's a very delicate situation. Um, you can't forsake the baby for the mother, but you can't forsake the mother for the baby. You have to you have to respect that there are two people, and they will and, not and, be in the same body forever. Right, and right. How do they justify taking that life when we have laws on the books? that if a pregnant woman is in a car wreck and the baby dies in the car wreck in the womb, they get the driver of the other vehicle for feticide. Right. That's, that's the problem. A lot of states do have that, um, that's, that, uh, that law in the book, um, especially if you're over a certain, certain week. And that's, that's what I mean about it being a fight over personhood. That's, that's what we're fighting for is, you know, is it a person or is it not? And if it's not a person, then when does it become a person? 
And um, so far, you know, I hate to say it, but the pro-choice is not very good at picking that side. You know, it's not, there's no concrete answer. It's whatever they feel like. Well, Well, that doesn't work. The concrete answer in my mind is, yes, the woman has rights. The woman also has an obligation not to lay down or to take precautions. Yes, yeah, there there is a lot that we can do. There is an absolute lot that we can do um as far as as far as that. Um and you know, this all goes back to you know, see this is how this well you picked a deep conversation tonight. <laughs> uh well, we, it's uh, been kinda weak. <laughs> it is, it is. My goodness, this is a deep one. Uh, well, to give you a little background where I stand, I'm, I'm probably, okay, I'm not a Catholic, okay, but where it comes to, you know, I, this is where I think a lot of us, you know, okay, not the Nancy Pelosi Catholics, which um, doesn't seem to hold true to any of the Catholics that I know, uh, but, you know, con- conception is a big thing and sex is a big thing, and to me, it, it seems strange to me that we would teach sex ed in a way that we've divorced procreation from sex. And so I'm one of those people who will try to try to bring that in there. Do I believe that pro, that sex is all about procreation? Absolutely not, absolutely not. But it's not all fun either. And we ha- when every time we take a, every time we take a chance having sex, we have to admit that we may create a life. And if we don't respect that, I don't think that we're being very mature in in what we're doing. And that's that's where the tragedy is: is that we're 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 actually teaching irresponsibility when we don't teach that it's, you know, you have to, it's not either one or the other. It's both, and it's both all the time. Um, and that if you want the freedom, if you want the freedom to, to sleep around and have sex, then you have to accept the responsibility of the consequences of that act. And we've yes. become such a nation of let me run into a corner and it's somebody else's fault that right. it's now and the bad accepted. Part is oh, it's usually no the baby's fault. Yes, it's the baby's right. fault. Really, yeah. the baby did this. I don't think so. You got two consenting right. adults here. <laughs> right, right. I, I think that we need to go. Uh, we, I, I don't, you know. And then you look at it in the way that we've treated sex. Look at what it's done. I mean, we have, you know, in the places where the, you know, there are some some areas. Oh, I wish I came better prepared for this. I had all these resources, but I still have them at my hands. Uh, but there's, you know, in the areas where they did all these, um, you know, these, uh, oh, gosh, uh, you know, planned parenting. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have a, a decreased rate in, in teen pregnancies. What they don't seem to tell you is we also have an increased rate in sexually transmitted diseases. So it doesn't just stop um, pregnancy. You know, it, it, there's something to be said when pregnancy is a scarier thing to happen to you than an STD. That is scary. You know, and, and on on that note, we're going to run the last ad because then we're going to transition into I want to have it all. So hold yes. on, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with the most wonderful woman in the world, homeschooler and stay-at-home mom, Melissa Green. Hold on. 
former Boston PD captain Stanford Carter and his wife, forensic scientist Jill Seacrest, have decided to move to the Big Apple to accept positions with the New York branch of the FBI. Rookie agent Shania Deeprose completes the Trinity as they collide head-on with raging and rampant social, political, and economic unrest amid a string of murders that seem unrelated and may be serial, copycat, thrill, or hate-driven as they struggle to understand the mind and thought process of the orchestrators, killers, and victims, the team begins to wonder who's who. The line between black and white, superior and subordinate, right and wrong, and good and evil disappears as they are forced to reevaluate their own thoughts, feelings, and philosophies. Ultimately, every character must come to their own conclusions to these questions. Is justice ever more important than the law? Is playing God justifiable if it's for the greater good of all? Come along for the ride to see if Agent Carter will decide to stick to being a hunter or become judge, jury, and executioner instead. Find the answers to these questions when you read the new book, The Killing Collective. The Killing Collective is a character-driven story with big characters with depth. They're soul-searching in addition to the biggest case of the agent's careers. The Killing Collective, available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions. Order your copy today. We are back here at Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, homeschooler and stay-at-home mom extraordinaire, Melissa Green. And we're discussing women and the responsibilities that goes along with the freedoms that they have gained over the years. And we're talking abortion versus pro-abortion and personhood and when babies are really babies and the freedoms that go along with lack of consequences. So when we say that we want all these freedoms, we want to be equal with men, we want to do the things they do, we don't want to be complimented because then we're insulted and we scream me too when, who knows, I'm so sick of this me too moment I could throw up. But what we are doing... Me too. (laughs) We'll start our own me too movement. We We will. (laughs) We are throwing ourselves back in the dark ages. Yes, we are. I I, am... you know, I, I, uh, I'm 43, and so uh, when I was growing up in school, the the big thing was, you know, women can do anything men can do, only better. Well, that's just not true. It's just not true. And, you know, the problem is, is that we, we never understood that it's okay. It's okay to not be exactly the same. It's okay to compliment each other. I mean, if we were all exactly the same, we just wouldn't, you know, some of us just wouldn't be needed. And, um, well, then we start talking about personhood again. <laughs> <laughs> See how well we just transition? <laughs> we do, we do. It's all connected, every bit. <laughs> it is. And and you and I were talking before the show, and I, when when someone criticizes us, personally, I love being a woman. We go to a... My husband has taken radiation for cancer, and, and after he gets rid of this radiation, I take him to our local mom-and-pop restaurant and feed him breakfast. Well, there is this 
family of, of gentlemen and, and I guess their mom that comes in there every day about the same time we do. And one of the gentlemen never fails to compliment me on my boots oh, because wow. that's all I wear. And it makes that's me so feel good. I, yeah, it it. I love to be complimented by men. I love having the door opened for me. I love when they ask, may we help you put the scooter in the car? And you know why I love it? Probably the same reason you do. Because they're genuine. They're honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't take offense to it. Oh, no, no. I, I will tell you, it is a little, you know, sometimes it is a little, um, you know, it catches me by surprise. I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I'm not one big. Hi, for, um, I have a question for you. I was wondering if you're homeschooling somebody and they go to the bathroom and jerk off with their penis, are they jerking off in school or are they? Oh, wait, well, well, yeah, really. <laughs> Just got hmm. rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not sex ed, and we'll just move on with that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move on. But don't you agree that um, men are men and women are women? Oh, yes, yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't um, I don't really understand what the push is to try to best each other. I don't understand why we can't just appreciate the differences. And and the thing about that is that there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. And then there's some parts that are different. And, and those parts that are different really, um, well, they really complement each other and uh, help the world to go around, help us to get going. I mean, could you imagine if, you know, if, well, it, women being in the position where they have to, at this point, have a baby and then run back and go to work. That's just it's very taxing on a lot of women, and if, if if I was just making that up, I don't think there would be this push to try to um, have women stay at home for, you know, two years or so after, you know, paying maternity leave for two years, that sort of thing. It, I mean, it is very taxing on a woman uh, to, to make her do both roles. Yeah. And and while I, uh, while I appreciate, because I did that, I had kids and I had to work, and at one time I was working three jobs, but it was something that I had to do in order to keep food on right. the table. And it it is very taxing because then we have to come home and continue doing the things we always do. But what, exactly. what women have forgotten is it can be also taxing on men because, yeah, they may come in and watch TV, but then we, they don't always see the things that men do, like worrying about, Am I making enough money to support my family? I've got to go out here and cut the grass after I've just pulled 12 hours. Do I feel like it? Not really. Am I going to sit on my ass? Maybe. But okay. I don't care. Right, right. I know in my situation, my husband's always worried about making sure that he provides for us. And I've got to tell you, I never worry about that. I, I never worry about that. I'm, I'm more worried about, you know, other things like what am I going to make for dinner and did I did I – take the money that he brought in and, and use it wisely and, you know, so that it's, it's uh, you know, not wasteful of his work. And, you know, he comes in and he tries to, you know, to do the same for me. Um, and so we, we do make it work that way. But I, I couldn't imagine. I, I just I couldn't imagine trying to have to worry for all that, you know, bringing in the money. And there was a time that I did work and I did worry about that. And it was awful. And I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's his department. <laughs> He's got to make that work. I try to make sure that the kids are well-educated, well-fed, you know. 
Um, you know, sometimes we do have cookies for dinner. Okay, we're not, you know. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we're not perfect. I have ice cream for dinner. <laughs> we went out to dinner yeah, one I, night, and the server said, what are you having? I said, a hot fudge sundae. And everybody at the table looked at me. I said, I'm old enough. I can have dessert for dinner if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I you know, don't have we, do, we, have, we have days like that. Yeah, and it's it, and it's okay. But I think what women are, I know what women are doing. Women have completely emasculated men to the point that men have no respect for themselves, much less oh, I agree. women. And and we are the driving force behind the moral character character of men it's just the way it is by the way we dress by the way we behave by the way we carry ourselves and when we get down in the gutter with the men we know better than they are right right and it's so sad too because one of the things that you know people say well they want women in charge why well because we're more nurturing i mean that's that's the basically the basic answer right there but at that same time, when we forget to nurture, you know, we forget that, you know, hey, we are pretty good at this as a general whole. Okay, I, I got to admit I'm not the most nurturing person. Okay, I've had to learn how to be nurturing. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, that that's that's something that comes fairly natural for us as a whole. And, and when we talk about trying to be equal, you know, like across the board with men, you know, uh, we forget maybe we don't want to. You know, no, maybe I we don't. like being more nurturing, you know. Uh, I like being maybe we don't want I like being complimented. <laughs> yes, yes, I do too. I like I, it. I do too. Well, by my husband, by my husband, by other people, it catches me off guard sometimes. And But I do love the, I do love the, um, oh gosh, the manners of it and the, you know, yes. the etiquette of it. Um, yes. That's something that I think is important. And And when we raise our sons, not to have those manners, like opening a door for an elderly person, another child, a woman, or even another man. When we don't teach our sons and our daughters good manners, then we've cheated them of getting a blessing. Oh, absolutely. And see, I have five sons and only one daughter. And so this whole movement of hating men thing sort of thing going on, um, it, it breaks my heart because I love my boys. I love my husband. I love my father. I love my. I loved my grandfather while he was still alive. Uh, I love my friends. I've got a lot of friends that are males, and they are wonderful people. I talk to them every day, and the idea that they would they would be disrespected just because they're a man is just it's um it's horrifying. It's horrifying to me. Well, when Ashley Judge is in a Judd is in an airport and a and a stranger compliments her on the way she looks and she tells him to shut up, he's sexually harassing her. I want to smack her. Oh, and that's ridiculous too, because we're trying to make everything sexual harassment. And at this point, if everything is sexual harassment, then nothing is. And these these women, um, you know, who have truly been you know raped or sexually abused. Um, you know, I I the, what happened to them becomes very cheap. Yeah, and we um, go back a hundred years. They become the criminal, and the criminal becomes the victim, and and that is wrong right. because it's like the little boy that cried wolf. Exactly, the women won't be believed yeah, exactly. when they really are. Abused. Right, right, and, and so that's, and, and, and it's worth fun. Yeah, and, and most of the time I would venture to guess that ninety nine percent of these women that are screamed sexual harassment and sexual abuse. 
99% of them is the old adage, hell has no fury like a woman scorned. And women right. are vindictive. They're evil. Oh. And I am one. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I grew up not, I, I got to tell you, I, it took me a long time to find feminists that didn't, you know, weren't mean. So now I'm starting to realize there's several different kinds, okay? But uh, when I was growing up, it was always the feminists wanted to, I guess because I was always a little more traditional, uh, you know, uh, but they're the ones that always want to throw me under the bus. They're they're the one. I ended up having more friends that were guys because they were easier yep. to get along with. You know, well, fart jokes and all, they them. were easier. Yeah, well, right, well, with right. with with men, you know where you stand. And and I've I've worked with men in corporate America all of my life. We go in the office. We have a good old shouting match. I walk out the door. He stays in his office, and it's all over with. But with women, they will carry a grudge until the day they die. And they are vengeful. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, and you can just describe my entire time on Facebook. It's shouting matches, and then we walk away as yeah. friends and offer each other tea. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and they're going to find a way to get even. And I would venture to guess 99% of these women that are now screaming sexual harassment, it's either a romance gone south, a romance that she wanted and it never materialized, and he went to somebody else, so she's going to scream sexual harassment. <coughs> or it's he found somebody after he started dating her, and they and he broke up with her, and and she's going to get back at him. And it's wrong, Melissa. It is so wrong on so many levels. Right, right. I, I won't I won't testify to the uh, you know the the percentages because I honestly don't know them, but I do know that that is out there. And uh, and it is really sad. I mean, how many stories have we heard where we just automatically, you know, if a woman claims that she's raped, we should believe her. But how many of these lives have been destroyed, these men's lives have been destroyed? Like I, I seem to remember a story about Mattress Girl. Uh, you know, there was a some sort of, oh, gosh, she, she uh, accused an entire rowing team of uh-huh. sexual harassment, come to find out. None of that happened, but their lives yep. were ruined. Oh, it was also That's the not right. thing at Duke. Remember the lacrosse yes. team at Duke University? Yes, yes. Or maybe that's the one I'm talking about. I'm not entirely sure. But they were totally destroyed. Yes, yes. And it, it seems to me if we truly want, you know, some form of, you know, at least equal worth, okay, if we want true equal worth, it seems that we should sometimes, you know, maybe maybe we just need to fill it out. I don't think there's any problem with saying, okay, this happened to you, that's, you know, Let's look into it and make sure that you're not lying before we throw this guy, you know, under the bus or, you know, we, well, we don't want to throw him under this. We don't want to throw him in prison and come to find out he didn't do anything. Um, or you know, wait I, it, years later and say, oh, this happened. Well, that was 40 years ago. Who gives a shit anymore? <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, depending on how bad it is, you know, but um, to me, you know, rape especially is, is a crime that should probably never Oh, I agree. Uh, necessarily. But if you're going if you if you're going to wait 40 years to to yell rape, that's kind of like shutting the barn door once the horse has got out. You can't prove it for one thing cuz it's 40 years old. Yeah. It's it does make it difficult to prove. Yeah. So if if you Well, anyway, that comes rape, to the point. Don't report it. Right. Well, and that that comes to the point that we need to do is that, you know, if we really want to prove that our women are strong, we need to train them to be strong. And that is to um, when we're, you know, when 
they are raped or sexually assaulted in any way, shape, or form, we got to teach them to go. You you got to be strong. You got to do this. That's strength right there. Because if they if they truly were raped, hey, if they don't get out there and do it, no matter how hard it is, uh, that rapist can get away and do it to another woman. And it is hard. We need to support them in doing that. That's absolutely true. Um, but we we can't shield them and say, well, she says this, and it's you know it's too hard for her. We need to strengthen her so she can do it. We, I mean, that's strength. I mean, do we want them strong or not? Hmm? Exactly. And, and that's when you put on your big girl panties and you go report it. Doesn't matter whatever what kind of threats were made against you. You get up and you go right. take care of it. Because then it absolutely. becomes moot. Absolutely. And and, you know, and, and and go ahead. Oh, I see. Uh, well, you know, when I was little, okay, this is something I don't share a whole lot because it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm healed from it. I don't really like to remember. It. I like to move on. But when I was little, I, you know, I was sexually harassed or, or uh, not uh, assaulted. Uh, the only reason it wasn't rape and instead of attempted rape is um, because I was five, and he was an adult, and um, apparently he wasn't circumcised, and so it didn't work. Okay, he couldn't quite um, affect penetration. Okay, and uh, and I was very little, um, so there was never any police report filed. My my mother really did believe she was doing the right thing. I think she might very well have done the right thing for me because it doesn't follow me around. So so there is that. The the tragedy, however, is that. Um, we, the guy was never caught. I don't know how many other women um, or how many other little children, you know, have been, had go, th- go through the same thing because we didn't stand up. But it, it is, you know, it is a hard thing. It is a very hard thing to do. Um, with that being said, um, I'm still going to say, no, we, we've got to do it. We've got to do it because otherwise we're letting this continue. And that's just, you know, it's, it's just not a good thing to do. It's and just it really be not. your daughter the next time. Exactly. Exactly. If somebody doesn't take a stand, yeah, it could be your daughter, and I would hate to think what would happen to them if you or your husband found them. They would be speaking in soprano. Well, I'm not (laughs) sure. See, that's just it. Yeah, that's that's it. I I think that's uh, that's that's where I go Old Testament biblical on them. I think (laughs) it. Uh, you know, we got to keep in mind that sex is not at all like any other intercourse or relationship that we can ever have. It is something that is completely different, and we know that because if it if it was, you know, something that wasn't that big of a deal, we wouldn't be making, you know, we you know we wouldn't be so worried about sexual harassment and, and right. We just go, oh well, it's not a big deal. So it either exactly. is a big deal or it isn't. Yeah. And and it should be it 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 should be in its proper place and if like we have both agreed on if it is indeed a unwanted sexual act whether rape or attempted rape or pedophile it it should be handled properly yes yes and as painful as it is it's going to be more painful later you know to a lot more people and and possibly even the victim you know, so um, you know, you just you just got to muscle through it, and we just got to help them to do that for when it does happen. That being said, you know, if, if there's a false accusation, you need to get on those too, because I think that's just as heinous. I mean, it, that's about as close I think as you can get to um, in a general rape of a man uh, is is to accuse them of sexually harassing someone when they didn't. Exactly. I mean, that you know, I mean, I, not that you can't actually rape a man, I, you can. Okay, um, but um, far more common is is uh, the treatment that we do when we just accuse them of that. We, uh, it's, a, it's an and emotional rape. Right. Well, and yeah, it's not even that. I mean, we do, we destroy their entire livelihood. I mean, they can't yeah. go anywhere. 
it's you know some of them haven't even been able to finish school. They got they got kicked out of college. They they can't go back just because they were accused. Uh, you know, I mean that's they got to start the whole life over and they didn't do anything. I mean that's just wrong. Oh, I I so mm-hmm. agree. And yeah. that brings us real quick to to the last point that we talked about before the show, and that when we do something like that to someone else, when we see their flaws and their faults, we are really looking in a mirror at ourselves. When we talk about someone disparaging, even when we accuse someone of of sexually harassing, maybe it's not about the sexual harassment at all, it's something else, but it's really our own flaw and our own fault that we see in them, and we don't like it because we won't we won't do anything about our own self because number one we don't accept it. Right, right. I I see that a lot. It's it's like we we've been conditioned to have a certain form of narcissism to some degree. And I think that just kind of comes naturally. It's just instead of saying, "Hey, listen, you know, let's see what we can take control of of ourselves and what can we make better," you know, we we do tend to want to blame it on someone else and. Um, you know, it's just not a good place to be. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't think the people who do that are are, are happy at the end of that. I think they end up oh, being no. more miserable. Oh no! They get, they wake up unhappy. They go to bed unhappy. They go through life unhappy. That's why most of them don't live long because they unhappy themselves. To death. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if if nothing is ever your responsibility, you have no control over your life. And that I say this as you know, as someone who is somewhat reformed. Okay, I, I uh, you know, I know that's, you know, that sounds a little funny, but, uh, you know, we, you know, there's, there's a certain amount that we need to, you know, to really understand what is what we do have to take responsibility for and what we don't. Um, you know, because back to that serenity prayer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, and and it's so much easier to blame it on others. Well, I didn't get that promotion because. So-and-so slept with the boss. Well, no, so-and-so might have been better qualified because you didn't go back to school or you didn't apply yourself. Right, Look inward right. first before you start putting the blame on other people. Right, right. And exactly. you're not going to believe this, my sweet darling friend. Our hour's almost up. Oh, my goodness, that went so fast this time. Oh, my goodness. Boy, we picked, you picked some tough topics today. Those were, those were really deep. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I think it went said, really nothing well. On, <laughs> nothing on this show is scripted. <laughs> but see, no, I knew, no. But I knew that you and I could have this conversation, and it would be a civil um, um What's the word I'm looking for? Educational conversation, and I hope that we have opened some eyes tonight because we're both yeah, pretty comfortable hope. in our own skin and, and who we are and with what we're doing, and hopefully it came through. It's okay to be who you are. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's okay to have six children and have three at home. It's okay to grow your own food. It's okay to love your husband. It's okay to have men friends. It's okay to have women friends. It's okay to be who you are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And revel in it because we're all unique. Yes, we are. So... 
tell if let's say someone wants to get in contact with you because they are thinking very seriously about homeschooling and and maybe having their first child or the, even their second child, and they want to to nurse them and they want to to have that intimacy with their child. How can they contact you? Where can they find you? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, well, currently I. Uh I only have the Facebook account, so if you you look for me, Melissa Green, uh, look for my picture, you'll you'll see me. There's lots of Melissa Greens out there. Uh, it's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Send me a message, and um, you know, we'll, I'll add you or I'll I'll respond back. Uh, I really should probably get something going. I, I am trying to get a YouTube channel going. I I just um, hit a lot of uh, a lot of obstacles along that way. <laughs> Took a few detours, um, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm going to tell you, this woman has has taught me so much about being comfortable within your skin and being comfortable being a mom. And though I never had the propensity, the desire, or the inclination to breastfeed my children, just pop a bottle in their mouth and get on with your life, she's taught me that. It's okay to do that because that's what God intended. And so, ladies, if if you are thinking seriously about having children and this is what you want to do, contact Melissa. And Melissa, would it be fair to say the people that stare, they can just turn away and go on about their business. Just put a wall up between you and them and ignore them, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, I mean, we've got to be, that goes back to that personal responsibility thing, okay? I mean, she's got to feed her baby. we got to feed our babies. There's only so many places we can go, and babies need to eat a lot, okay? So the burden end up, ends up becoming on the person who's offended at that point, um, for the most part. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't go into somebody's house who's very anti against it and just start feeding the baby. That's, that's personal space, okay? But in public, I mean... No, I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> she's got to do what she's got to do. They're not offended when women show their boobs on TV, so they shouldn't be offended when women take their babies, which is what those are for. So, <laughs> Right, Join exactly, us. exactly. Join yeah. us tomorrow so, night, ladies and gentlemen, at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time when author Terry Margett is. And, you know, there's a few things that I say, and I want to thank Melissa for coming on the show, and you will come back, right? Oh, absolutely. I always have a good time with you. It's always fun. Okay. So this is what I say at the end of the show is don't just feel special, be special, because if you just feel special, you'll never be special because feelings go away. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. If you want to achieve greatness, ladies and gentlemen, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. Your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having had an experience with you, ladies and gentlemen, that is your trademark. They will forget your name. They will forget what you look like, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And with that being said, I want to thank this beautiful person on the other end of the phone, Miss Melissa Green, homeschooler and exceptional mom, for sitting down with me for an hour and talking about some pretty tough topics, but they needed to be talked about. 
And I want to thank all of you all for listening to our show. And join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on Off the Chain. I am John Mason. And until then, we say good night. So we're off the air, but you know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, <laughs> everything we say is going up into the archive show, though, so and it, that people will be able to listen to it. But I wanted to tell you, I'm going to put the archive show up on my page, and I'm going to tag you in. I want you to share it. I want people to hear it because I oh, think absolutely. it was a very, a very important show. And then tomorrow I'll put it up on the five podcast and also tag you in those links. And I want to tell you that on the past show you and I did, Yours is one of the most listened to shows on all the podcasts. I can't hardly believe that. I can't imagine that I'm that interesting. That's so funny. <laughs> but you are. You, you, oh, my goodness. Yes. See, this is why you've got to get your YouTube channel going or a blog going. or Because there are women out there who need your wisdom. They just don't know it yet. Oh, my goodness. Well, you have inspired me to get going on those channels. I have got to get them up and going. <laughs> I'm excited for you. If you need help, let me know. But I am, and, and see, you can also, um, the, this show goes up on YouTube. So you can link it to, to your YouTube and um, use, use the resources I'm giving you. Use the, the, the podcast and the show. I'll even send you the links to the old shows. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, because, see, the the old show um, is still here in archives, and it's also on all the podcasts from oh, last wow. year. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, You're my out goodness. there. Okay. If you Google your name, you are now famous, my darling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, thank see? you. You are quite welcome. I am so proud of you, and I am so honored to call you friend. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm always honored to call you friend. I, I um, I got to tell you, give me all this credit, but I'm telling you, you've you've really you've really encouraged me a lot in all kinds of things throughout the years. So it's kind of funny to hear all this stuff coming back because I'm thinking, no, nope, no, nope, I could put all that back on you. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you know, as a, as a description of you. I mean, you you've really um. Oh, you've been pretty inspirational all, all these years. Well, honey, you're only limited by your own imagination, and, and you know me well enough to know that my imagination is so out there that the sky's the limit. Oh, your imagination is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it know. Some of the stuff, stuff coming out of Washington now, I'm not sure I could even make that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came from a point where, you know, you can't make this up to I, I wish I was making this up. I <laughs> And it, it's rather comical because I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm going, you know, they're making hay about nothing because they're all posturing because they all are so full of their own self-importance that if you stick a pin in them, they'll pop like a balloon. Oh, man, where's my pen? That's all I have to say. Where's my pen? <laughs> so I will let you go and spend the rest of the evening with your children because I know they probably need to eat and your your lovely husband and thank him and the children for 
giving me an hour of your time. I appreciate it so, so much, and I can't wait to get you back on the show. Because, well, in fact, you think of some topics we could delve into and scare the folks. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I'll have to put a poll on. What do you What do you want to talk next? I'll have to I'll have to add that to my, my Facebook account and see what yeah, people say. Yeah, <laughs> now, because now you're a regular on the show. So see, I'll bring you back in the fall and. And put a poll up and see what they want us to talk about. Because I'm, you know me, I'll talk about anything. Oh, me too. Me too. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, my darling, awesome. I love you with all of my heart. Give the babies a kiss and a hug for me and thank them for sparing you for an hour with me. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. You're welcome, darling. I'll get all this stuff up and I'll tag you in it. Okay, thank you. Good night. Talk to you later, honey. Good night. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.